Welcome to Floor Fantasy and Sci-Fi Lore. Today we are diving into the Netflix Witcher, the last episode of the first season. We're going to talk about the differences between the games, the series, and the books. Uh, we'll talk about some of the things that are exclusive to the Netflix series, as that's kind of our big focal point of our dive. We'll talk about some of the creatures that he faces in there and the lore behind them and the type of poison he's dealing with. We'll talk about the differences between sorceresses and druids and which one Geralt's mom actually is and uh, talk about some of the points in the series that are very different in the meeting of Cirilla and Geralt uh, from the games and the books and how that really shapes that encounter in a way that Within, within the series, it almost doesn't make very much sense, but within the games and movies, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, so if you're interested in any of that deep dive here, join us on the floor. Roll the intro. remember the first story that was so spellbinding that it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night? To keep reading, keep listening, keep playing, so good you forgot your life and lived there? So good that the moment it ended you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more, and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. Okay, we are in episode eight of The Witcher Season 1, the final episode of the season. So as always, we're going to be diving deep into some of the lore points. So the very short summary is, is that we're going to see preparation in the Battle of Sodden Hill, and uh, Geralt will save a merchant who will offer him the Law of Surprise, and that surprise will be once again Cirilla of Sintra. The two will finally meet up, and then Yennefer will save the northern kingdoms from Nilfgaard in a final desperate attempt. So that's the summary of the episode. And then, of course, we're going to dive deep into the lore and some of the points you may have missed and kind of some deeper understanding of what's going on. So that is where we are at. So, so he gets given Cirilla three times. No, twice. So twice. we we have oh, okay. we have referenced this event coming up, but here we will see it actually play out. I see. So okay. The beginning of this episode is at the very end we saw Nilfgaard coming in and attacking Sintra. And Geralt is locked up. He escapes. And then and we've kind of jumped forward a little bit here. So if we go all the way back to episode one and we see the fall of Sintra to Nilfgaard, this episode begins after the fall of Sintra. As Geralt moves through the city, there are just bodies everywhere from the battle that took place. Geralt is in Cirilla's room. He sees her dresses, her books. He is trying to understand her, looking for clues as to where she might be, where she might go. 
in a mm-hmm. way, he's almost trying to under learn and understand her the way he learns and understands the monsters he hunts, so that he can hunt her down and find her. Interesting. So, okay, well, you could also just look at it. He's he's doing his detective work like Batman or Sherlock Holmes. But yes, Cirilla's a monster. Yes. Way to go. Jeez. All right. So when he leaves uh, Sintra, Geralt meets a farmer, Yoruga, on the road. And the farmer is giving a proper burial to some of the Sintra refugees who have been dead. Now, he mentions that they have been dead for weeks. And so this could indicate that it has been a few weeks from the fall of Sodden, and that ha- that will have given the armies of Nilfgaard and time to move all the way to uh, the fortress of Sodden, where they are preparing to attack. Okay. While they are uh, helping to, they they are burying these bodies. There is a creature attacked. Now these creatures are never named in this episode. And so there's a few guesses as to what they are kind of based on how they look, what they do, and uh, the poison that goes into Geralt. Okay, um, so, so how do they look? So their appearance is that of a necker. Uh, and so it's kind of humanoid. They've got large heads, large eyes that glow in the moonlight, uh, large mouths with lots of teeth. They've got kind of black desiccated skin. So the Necker, the bestiary, compares them to drowners, except these creatures tunnel. And drowners are thought to be men who died at sea and kind of attack to drag other men back down. And so that's kind of the comparison made between the Necker and the drowner. Yeah. Okay. So in Neckers, they're social creatures. They tunnel, but they they move in tribes and they attack in packs. Uh, Sometimes they even have chieftains. The other creature could be is what's called a necrophage. Now, necrophage is almost more of a category of monster rather than a specific creature because there's all kinds of variations between them. However, this category of necrophage doesn't include neckers, and that's why we kind of mention them separately. Okay. And so necrophages, just like the name implies, these are creatures that eat the bodies of the dead. So they're often found on battlefields and in cemeteries. But some have no hesitation on feeding on the bodies of the living as well, or even killing them intentionally just to add to the food supply. So this is similar to a a, a real live animal called a fusa. So on the island of Madagascar, there are creatures called fusas, and they go on killing sprees. And what they'll do is they just hunt and kill as many creatures in a given area as they can. And then they just let the bodies rot. And then they can move through eating to the point that a lot of zoos won't even house fusas because if they get out they go on killing sprees oh man that's, that's fantastic and and so in this scenario there's that giant battle bunch of dead bodies left behind it attract this pack so that- well it's it's these were refugees a bunch of refugees were slaughtered by Nilfgaard's army and just left dead along the side of the road and so it okay. could be that all these bodies attracted the necrophages like i said we never get the creatures named and so it could be either of these two they definitely look like neckers but they could just be a form of necrophage as that's you know there's all kinds of diversity there the thought to prefer eating rotting corpses over fresh ones yes okay yes get that uh it's like aged cheese you know you just get a little more flavor (laughs) So, yeah. So while fighting off the necrophages, uh, of course, Geralt saves the farmer, Yoruga, and then he is bitten. Uh, he drinks a potion and pours it over the injury. 
and then kind of passes out. Uh, mm. And this, this kind of brings us up to Yennefer. So Yennefer and 60 mages are headed to Sodden. Now, so hold up. His okay. potions, he can drink them or pour them on his wounds. Apparently. <laughs> this okay. one, yeah. Right. He, he does right. it's the same the potion. potion. Yeah. yeah okay. same just, potion. just making sure. Uh, I, I, yeah, it depends on the potion. Do you think it was like a numbing agent? Like knocks them out and. Well, no, because they mentioned that whatever that animal was is highly poisonous. Yeah. Okay, so it's an anti-poison. Right, yes. so how, how does this poison work? Uh, we know that it's killing him, right? I mean, they uh, probably it just kills a, a normal human pretty quickly, but yeah. which your uh, heart rate's like four times slower at rest. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. his so yeah. So he's he's able to treat it with his potions. <clears throat> and, okay. So we have sixty mages who make their way to Sodden. And, That's uh, a lot. Yes, it's a lot to help with the battle. The battle of Sodden Hill, the preparation, all of this is not something that takes place on page in the books. Like it's an important event that's referenced, but we never read about the events as they actually play out. And so once again, Netflix is showing us something that we never saw in the games or the books, uh, just to add to that piece of the story. Cirilla is found by the, uh, Yoruga's wife. And uh, she is then taken in and taken back to the farm. That night on the farm, she sees what almost looks like a giant shooting star, but it comes up from the ground, right? And what it is is Nilfgaard has launched a massive fireball at the defenses of Sodden. And the farm is close enough to Sodden that she can see it. Ooh, yeah, it was big. Okay. And we then jump from Cirilla seeing this flying through the sky to Yennefer in the fortress of Sodden, waking up to see it hurtling down towards her and the other people. And she is able to deflect it. And this is the true conjunction of timelines, the moment where they all meet up and are now aligned. So. Okay. Okay. I don't want to name the episode that. That's extra confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the true, we can't. The true conjunction of timelines. Oh, man. Oh, real quick. Uh, Eli, how do you think those uh, fireballs are made? With a fire. <laughs> With a fire. Joe, do you remember the, how they make them? Trebuchet? Yeah, I know. I know how they make them. We'll talk about it. I'm not going to go super deep because we have a whole short on magic, where we'll talk about that in greater detail. So uh, magic, each one, uh, each one, it, it, somebody has to die to make it, Ooh. and then they trebuchet it. Yeah, it's, it's they they blow up good. So Yennefer throwing it was important. Yes, very powerful feat. So while Geralt is delirious or dreaming, while he's fighting off the poison and letting his cure work through his body, we learn about his childhood just a little bit one we learn that his mother calls herself a sorceress but she has a child and from what we know about yennefer she wouldn't have been able to do that so it's very likely that Geralt's mother was actually a druid the big difference here is that a sorceress is trained at eratusa and in their graduation and ascension they lose the ability to have children But a druid is someone who has a magic ability, but is not trained by the Brotherhood. And so oh, that's like the difference. Yeah, that's the big. So they don't go to the schools of magic, Banard or Eratusa. One, they don't they're not beholden to the Brotherhood. They have no say of what they do, when or why or how. 
but a lot of times they're not as powerful because they haven't had the formal training on magic. It's and there just is more what they could figure out on their own. Yeah, it's more just rogue. Yeah, what they could figure out on their own, and they, because of that, there isn't the ascension process where they have their ability to have children taken from them. So, like, even though she refers to herself as a sorceress, it is very much likely she's a druid because she has a son. Well, could she have had the son before? Possibly, but not likely, as they tend to start fairly young at Eratusa. Okay. Okay, I get it. So, and it is possible this is all just a hallucination. But yeah, so, Uh and then we also learn that she has made a deal with the witchers, and the witchers will take her son, and this is the moment where he is taken by Vesemir. We don't even know what the deal was. We just know that she gave up her son. Yes, we don't know what the deal was, but we do know that throughout most of their history, the witchers have claimed the law of surprise for the intent of collecting children to become witchers. Oh, okay. Oh, they're like Jedi. <laughs> so, so, you know, so like I said, we don't know what the deal was, but uh, the best, our best guess is at some point there was a law of surprise claimed by a witcher, and this was her fulfilling the deal. Speaking of surprises, let's take a break here. Okay, so we have been mentioning at the end of our episodes recently about the treasure room, how, as Aaron likes to describe it, in the floor we go deep into things, but in the treasure room we kind of go wide. And we wanted to give people who have never been in the treasure room a a little bit of a sample. So going forward, we'll probably be uh, putting in little bits and pieces here. So here is a small clip uh, from the treasure room. We hope you enjoy it and are interested in uh, learning more in there. And I'll, I'll even mention that I loved this transformation so much that she did a lot of things after that I hated and made me hate her. But I clung on to hope that Yennefer <laughs> was awesome because this arc was so good. If it wasn't for this arc, I would have hated Jennifer Vengerberg a long time ago. But this arc is so good. All right. So we've been talking about uh, episode eight here and uh, getting prepped for the fall of Sodden Hill talked about the Neko Neckers or Necrophage. We talked about how the fireballs, but we're not really talking about the fireballs right now. And uh it seems like, you know, is is the battle happening in this episode? Or Yes, it it, okay. it, it will happen in this episode, yes. Okay. Okay. Did that cover it? I, I feel yeah, like I was missing part, a bit. Right? Like, right. uh, Geralt uh, saves <laughs> saves a merchant from some right, necros- or, or necrophages. Yeah. He's bitten. He takes a uh, he takes cure, mm-hmm. and uh, Cirilla is and taking then flashbacks. In. Yeah, and then flashbacks. Yeah. So okay. All right. So and it is here that we learn that Geralt is angry about being made a Witcher. Mm. His his conversation conflicted. Maybe conflicted, but yeah, he is upset about having to have gone through the trials, you know, and uh, yeah, so he, he, he expresses that anger at her in mm-hmm. his hallucination or dream. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay, so in the morning, uh, the merchant is trying to get Geralt to his farm as quickly as possible. Uh, Nilfgaard attacks Sodden, and uh, Cirilla uh, can hear the battle raging in the distance. So let's talk for a minute about the fireballs and the magic. So we've mentioned this before very briefly. Wait, and again, Real quick, yeah. before you jump into magic, is Nilfgaard looking for Cirilla and that's why they're attacking or are they just on their conquest? <clears throat> they believe that she is in the north and that is why they are pushing north. Now, they plan okay. to conquer the whole continent either way. but However, she's a priority. She's Two birds, fact, one it, flaming ball of death. Yeah, in fact, even uh, talking military strategy, Yennefer brings this up. She's like, why did Nilfgaard attack Sintra instead of just going north first? Doesn't make sense. Right? So she's on to it that, that they're so, being tactical up. with their attacks. They're... Yeah, like not, but not tactical in a way like we want to conquer everything. Tactical in a like something Surgical. else is... Something yeah. else is going on, and we don't know. They're making choices we don't understand. Yeah. Okay. I see. Frangilla does make mention early on that Nelfgaard can use forbidden magic, and that will give them the upper hand in this battle. And that forbidden magic is fire. So we have talked about that they claim the four elements as sources for magic. You have earth, water, air, and fire. Okay. Now, depend- fire is forbidden. Depending on what you want the magic to do, you will pick the element that best suited to that, right? Whether that's air, water, or earth. Now, the reason fire is forbidden is that fire is insatiable, right? Once you tap the source of fire, it offers you a lot of power, but it it, it is an insatiable demand of the living essence needed for magic, uh, so if we go way back to, I think, episode two, where we see Yennefer at Eretuza, the girl's hand cripples up as she drains her own life force to elevate the flower. No, to elevate the stone, right? Mm. So it needs that life energy. Well, once you tap fire, it's there's no satiating. It just wants more and more and more, and it will just keep taking. Play with fire, going to get burned. Fire is very hungry. Fire is very hungry. And so we see this where Nilfgaard has their mages use magic to create these giant fireballs. One, it demands a great amount of power, but also they're tapping fire magic to make giant fireballs. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they don't have enough control to stop it from consuming them. So it literally just consumes them into nothing because it consumes everything it can. And so that is why fire is forbidden because it it is insatiable and it will basically you can catch yourself on fire by tapping into the power source. Yeah, you'll see it like can't control it. Yeah, like summoning a demon. Like oh darn. (laughs) So and so the Brotherhood, of course, has forbidden the use of fire magic for that reason. Mm -hmm. But Nilfgaard doesn't, and we see them use it. Now, as Nilfgaard wages its war against Sodden, Sodden begins to lose, and Nilfgaard just keeps coming. Like, they have some awesome strokes, some incredible moments where they, you know, are doing awesome things, but Nilfgaard has more and more soldiers, and they just keep coming. And Nilfgaard also has some some plans and some... uh, 
ways in which they attacked that were interesting. Yes. So like the, the, we talked about the fireballs, but then they had the smoke. And 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 then uh, the 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 little earworms, the earworms, yep, all the stuff that Eli doesn't know what we're talking about, yep, yeah, all okay. of those, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so uh, they fight uh, all day and all night, and the morning is coming, and Nilfgaard has more soldiers that just keep coming, keep coming. Many of the mages have died. Uh, at one point in the books, it mentions 14 of the 20 mages. So they sent 60. Uh, 40 of them flee during the night before the first battle, leaving only 20. And of those 20, 14 will die. So that is what we know there. And Yennefer uh, sees that they don't have a chance. And she's having a conversation with Tesea. So Tesea is the woman who taught her magic at Eratusa. Oh, Okay. And throughout, and 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 in this moment, Yennefer almost becomes a schoolgirl again. She is turning to Tesea to have the answers, to help her, to save them all. And Tesea is dry. She doesn't have any power left to give, you know. And then she turns to Yennefer. You know, she's you're the most powerful. Mate. You know, she doesn't say this specifically, but it is a reference to all of these things. You know, they're most powerful among us. You have to do this. And so Yennefer taps the forbidden magic of fire and she draws in all the burning fires that are around Sodden into her and then pours out a massive, just, just, she becomes a giant flamethrower burning all the armies of Nilfgaard. Army size flamethrower. But uh, she also didn't burn Saya. Yeah, like so she a path around to say it. Yeah, she's really cool to see. Yeah, mm. so like all the grass she was still standing on was so green. And when the fire ends, the armies of King Faltest arrive and Nilfgaard retreats. And that is how the Battle of Sodden is won. But then nobody can find Yennefer, so they don't know if she died, she burned up. If she was taken by Nilfgaard or if the fire consumed her from within. Mm. So I will point out that this is different than how the books play out. In the books, it is King Faltest arrives during the battle and saves Sodden. Whereas here mm. in the show, he arrives after and it is Yennefer who saves Sodden. Does oh. she still disappear? Yes. Either way, Yennefer disappears at, after the battle of Sodden. Okay. So then uh, Yoruga arrives at the farm with oh, his okay. wife and uh, Cyrilla is there and she's taken off into the woods and then Geralt somehow knows she's in the woods and goes and chases her and they find each other. So for me, this moment was always really strange to be like, what the heck? Uh, but in the books, when they find each other, it, or even tapping the books, because in the books they have met several times before. Cyrilla knows mm. who Geralt of Rivia is and would recognize him, and he would recognize Cyrilla, right? They know each other. And so tapping that knowledge from the books, the scene makes sense. Be like they've known each other, they've met each other many times, and now this is the moment where this isn't Cyrilla of Sintra, this is his child surprise, and he is here to protect her. But mm. I said, in the show, this always came off as strange because they present it very much that Cyrilla doesn't know 
other than his name doesn't know who Geralt is and has never met. Yeah, but there was just a huge war. They even mentioned there's tons of magic in the air. Geralt literally mentions it. Like there's like <clears throat> I can sense magic in the air. Oh so yeah. Obviously they're more attuned to everything right now. And they're connected by destiny and like they're, yeah, they're both on the battlefield destiny. and they see each other and you're thinking like, yeah, they're not going to know. Like what? You think they're just normal people? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, no, it's a witcher and the super baby. And the super <laughs> baby. Like, I don't like Joe. Come on, man. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. <laughs> the witcher and the super baby. <laughs> there we go. That's go. easy. But uh, yes. Uh, and so Geralt has finally found Cirilla and Sintra has fallen. So he's no longer taking her from her family. He is her family now. It's true. It's true. Eli. Yes. We have officially discussed the last episode of season uh, one of The Witcher. What questions do you still have? So Joe mentioned the guy who shows up at the end of the Battle of Sodden Hill. Who who is he? Uh uh, you, you said he shows up with his army. Fall uh, test. King Fall Fall test. test. King oh, we've Fall mentioned test. him. He's the fat one or something. So this is the king. So we talked about him a long time ago. He he is the one who had an incestuous affair with his sister. And then the yeah. child born is cursed by his sister's lover. And uh, Geralt has to then... Uh, save her right so this is where the witcher was killed because he got bad info about what he was fighting oh okay, okay. so this is that king so we have met okay. tests before okay okay yep. all right all right so uh, i would say if i was to say what season one is about is about Gelt Geralt's growth as a witcher his relationship with yennefer and Dandelion. <laughs> yeah. Oddly but, enough, Dandelion doesn't appear in this episode. Oh, is he hiding? He's just not here. He's he's upset because Geralt blew up at him. Oh, okay. Remember that episode? When the genie noticed him? No, no. The the dragon, dragon. They went and hunted the dragon again. Oh. That was the last time they saw each other. Oh, okay. But really, season one seems like this is like Geralt accepting that. Yes. This is his child like, coming like to terms that. with, right? Yeah, and so I imagine season two is them together for the majority of their adventure. But this is more just about him accepting that destiny has given him this child, and it's his responsibility. Yes, that's yeah. what I would say. Season one is about him not wanting to be a parent, but realizing by the end of it, he has to be a parent. So this is just like the bad dad story that he comes back to being a good dad. Comes back to being good. Dad. <laughs> yeah. This is your child. I want to do something else. I this is your child. Do something else. <laughs> you know, until eventually he's like, "Fine, yes, take care of it." <laughs> uh, if I have to. And then yeah. season two is also really good. So Eli, you'll get to watch that in one to four years. <laughs> 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 well, with us having new Witcher stuff coming out, like, like you guys got to catch me up. What new Witcher stuff? Like books, games, shows? Joe, didn't you mention there's new Witcher? Yeah, the, so in our new segment, prequel. we covered a, a new comic from uh, Dark Horse, and Netflix oh, yep, is producing a prequel. Yep. Who's so. the prequel about, does it say? 
it hasn't clarified yet. It says blood origins. So there is a, I, I don't, I don't want to go into it too much here, but there's a story that is referenced in imagery. At one point they tell it in season two repeat it's it's told a lot and it's never made reference that this is actually connected directly to Cirilla because they don't know it is but is the story of a human and an elf falling in love and like i said we see it in imagery often uh it's told so it's it's everywhere all the time and i think this is the story that it'll be about because it is a story from Cirilla's bloodline that is told over and over and it is the moment where the elves lose, lose track of the bloodline and control of it Oh. So I imagine that's what it is, but we don't know. But just based on the fact that they're saying that this is from Sapovsky's writings, that it's got to be that one, because that's the only story from the bloodline that's told. All right. All right. So that is The Witcher Season 1. We hope that uh, our deep dives have uh, helped you kind of understand more about the episode and, and what's going on there and everything. And, and, you know, we, we've tried to talk about the books, uh, how some of those differences have played out there and also point out that even if you read these books, there's a lot of events that you will only see in the Netflix series. So if you're a diehard fan of the books and haven't checked it out, there's definitely a reason to do that. Yes. Yes, definitely. All right, guys, we just finished the first season of the Witcher. What's our treasure room question? Favorite character and why? So we have finished the first season. Who is your favorite character and why? Or or even just character arc, right? Because mm-hmm. I think it's easy for a lot of people to be like, I love Geralt. But there right. are some there's some great arcs that are just interesting to follow and, and really enjoy. So, yeah. So you can do or even just one of the arcs that a, a character has gone through. Because some of our characters have gone through several. So, mm, it's true. It's true. All right. So we are going to talk character arcs in the treasure room. We will see you there. If you enjoyed this episode and want more on the topic, we record a special treasure room for our patrons after every episode. In the regular episode, we go deep. In the treasure room, we go wide. To enjoy the bonus content, sign up at the fluorite level or higher. There is a treasure room for every episode from August 2021 and on. That's double the content two episodes a week instead of one go to www.patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore that's floor spelled f-l-o-r-e select the fluorite tier or higher immediately after each episode is released the treasure room will post the bonus audio on patreon they are identified by the tag treasure room after and the title of the episode you can also do a search for the keywords treasure room and find all the content you've been missing Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Tell us why you like listening to us. Is it our awesome deep dives? Is it our amazing back and forth? Is it our charming good looks? What would you like us to add or change? You can put that in the review as well. We read reviews. Yeah, and if you're going to be leaving us a review telling us what you like about it, maybe you even want to share the content with your friends. Uh, Like and share on social media. You can join us on Twitter and Facebook. We post memes. And we actually started a Discord, so come play with us. So uh, a lot of the worlds we cover have a retcon. Uh, if you're not familiar with that term, it's reconstruction. Or sometimes we might uh, use a bad source for some of our lore research. And if that happens, uh, feel free to email us at floorfantasyandlore at gmail.com. That is floor spelled F-L-O-R-E, fantasyandlore at gmail.com. And if you're angry enough, 
we'll read it on the air. <laughs> yes, we will. Also, the treasure room is now available. We have locked a few secrets for everything we cover in there, and each week we add more. And uh, you can find the treasure room on patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. And how do you spell that, Aaron? That's lore with an F at the beginning. So it sounds like floor, but it's not the floor you're thinking because it's our floor. uh, We hope you enjoyed your time on the floor. Uh, Think about your favorite part of the episode. Now think about your nerdiest friend. Who is it? What is their name? They want to know about the floor. Stop holding out on them. Go and tell them about your favorite part. Because all of this is more fun together.